0: John 15, John chapter 15, starting with verse 1. If you don't have your Bible, you may have Bible on your phone. I would just ask, after you read it on your phone, then put it away. <laughs> don't be texting people and say, man, she's long-winded. When is she ever going to get done? (laughs) Um, Not that you would ever do that. (coughs) I'm hoping not to cough too much. Still uh, recovering from this, whatever it was, two weeks ago. John 15, starting with verse 1. I am the true vine. And my, hus- and my father is the husbandman. This is Jesus speaking. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And verse 4 is what I want to key in on. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine. He repeats it. Ye are the branches. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I don't know about you, but I want my joy to be full. Skipping down to verse 16. Ye have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it you. Wow. What a blessing. What a promise. Wow. And just the fact that I didn't choose him, but he chose me. Just the very fact that you didn't choose him, he chose you. Sometimes we may think, well, it was all my decision to give my life to God. It was all my decision to walk through the house or walk through the doors of the house of the Lord. Yes, we do have to make decisions like that. But I'm telling you, you know what the Bible says. It's because the Spirit of the Lord has drawn us. He found us. He chose us. We are privileged. We are privileged people. And He said, He chose us that we should bring forth fruit, and that that fruit would remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of My Father in My name, He may give it you. He wants to give us good things. It's His desire. The Bible tells us that. It is the desire of the Father to give us good things. To abide. We're going to be talking today about abide. To abide means to stay. To remain. It pretty much means what you think it means. If you abide in me and I abide in you. That's what he says. To continue to be present. To abide. something has been missing. You may have noticed it as well. Today, as I talk about abiding in the Lord, let me say this is not a message of condemnation or to make any of us feel condemned because that's not what the Lord does, but a thought that maybe we have been a little disconnected than we once were. Um, we understand, as this scripture says, he is the source, he is the vine, but there seems to be somewhat of a kink In our branches. Something that has tried to stop the flow of this abundant life that we are to have. I've tried to figure it out. I've spent some time in prayer over it. I have felt very frustrated by it. And not really understanding exactly what it was. I have noticed its absence in my own life and in the lives of others and therefore also in the life of the church. We're living <clears throat> in a time like never before. And those even older than myself can definitely say amen to it. <clears throat> but where information on any given subject is readily available at the click of a mouse or the swipe of a finger. Oh my goodness, it used to irritate me. When, a few years back, let's just go back maybe 10 years, when I would say, you know, I just wonder how that would work. And someone would, oh, well, let me look it up and tell you. And I would be like. Wow, really? That's just so weird. And I would say, you know, I wonder what year, blah, oh, hang on. Oh, it was 1972. I'm like, wow, I'm never going to ask you another question again. I didn't really want to know. I was just wondering. (laughs) And then I find myself now, 10 years later, I finally caught up. Oh, you want to know? I'll look it up. Whatever answer we need. Boom, it's there. Hey, Siri. Oh, no, it might answer me. (laughs) Hopefully it won't. What day of the week was June 30th, 1963? Oh, June 30th, 1963 was a Sunday. Of course it was a Sunday. It's my favorite day of the week, and I was born on that day. (laughs) I was so excited to hear that it was a Sunday. Alexa. What's the best way to skin a raccoon? And here's your answer, with pictures. Apple, play all of my favorite songs on Spotify. You don't even remember what your favorite songs are, but they know. Questions from whatever, what age do I teach my children math? To how do I keep my marriage happy? How do I get along with my mother-in-law? I'm writing this out, and I thought, you know what I wonder? And I typed it in. Franny, you need to read that. (laughs) I'm going to send it to Franny and Jen and Lindsay. (laughs) The first thing I read was, show her some respect. I'm like, yes, I like this article. But then, of course, it started listing all the different mother-in-laws. The cynical mother-in-law. The bossy mother-in-law. I'm like, I ain't reading this anymore. This is a dumb article. <laughs> but basically, any information you want to know, whether it's true or not, somebody's put an answer out there. The problem is we think they're all true. Like we're going to take it to the bank and cash it in because I know why. Why? Whatever animal does whatever. Any history question, any plant or animal question, any health question, just type in your symptoms and you'll have a whole new set of things to worry about. I have a sore throat. You're dying. You have liver cancer. Go to the hospital now. We are on the go like never before. If you keep a calendar, it's probably on your device. They're booked. But from the time we get up until the time we go to bed, pretty much every hour is taken up. It's consumed with something. We can blame a lot of people and circumstances, but let's just be real honest. I make my own choices. I make my own decisions of what to do with my time. With the busyness, I have noticed that there are just some very, very important ingredients missing in our lives. I think we're unbalanced in our intake. There's not enough fruit in our spiritual diet, and it's showing. It's showing in our interactions with people, not just strangers, but even people that we care about. I've noticed that in some, joy is missing. For many, self-control has just been put on a shelf. Love seems to be only surface. There's no time to show kindness. I want to, but I just don't have the time. My mind cannot be still long enough for true peace. And we are in too much of a hurry for being gentle or showing meekness. And the lack of faith is outstanding. And I do understand busyness of life. There's responsibilities that require our time and our attention. But yet there are minutes and even hours that we really do whatever we want to do. And these are the hours of concern. Why do we feel the need to be preoccupied by putting something in front of our face all of the time? Night and day, day and night, until we go to sleep and then we get up in the morning and we do it all over again. It's the day that we're in. It's the way of the world. But we're not the world. These scriptures that we read is about us abiding in God. To continue to be present with him. How do we continue to be present with God? and continuously scroll on the internet for hours? How can we continue to be present with God and the TV going 24-7 or something streaming all of the time every single night? Every, we've got to be something. We've got to do something. We've got to watch something. We've got to listen to something over and over and over again. How do we continue to be present with God While all of this is going on. Every answer we need is in Christ. In the vine. But in order to find those answers, we need to abide. We need to stay connected to him. I don't know. I think sometimes we get so used to asking other people. For their advice. Nothing wrong with that. Calling someone and asking for their advice. Or we get so used to Googling the answers or scrolling to see, well, what are they doing about this similar situation? We forget that we have a direct connection to the source, to the one with all of the answers. He gives us the answers that are not just good for the here and now, but when we get an answer from God, it's for our very soul. It's an answer that's good for our eternity. As Christians, there are certain expectations that are put upon us. Some expectations we put on ourselves. Maybe we have something in our mind that we think a a real, true Christian looks like, so we put those expectations on ourselves. Some expectations are put there by others, but the expectations that really, truly count are the ones that come from the Lord. He expects us as his followers, to be like him, to mimic him, to act like him in the way that we live, in the choices that we make. That is being Christ-like, being a Christian, a follower of Christ. Being an example to our children, be an example in submission. We look at his life and we can see. And ask ourselves, how did he treat people? How was his attitude toward those who were poor and in need? Was he holy? Was his words holy? Were his thoughts holy? Were his actions holy? Did he take time to show kindness? Was he long-suffering and have self-control? Did he bear the fruit of the Spirit? We know the answer. Of course he did. So when we look at these scriptures in John 15, and he's telling his followers, I am the true vine. He tells them, you're the branches, I'm the vine. The vine of any plant imparts to its branches. So Jesus, being the vine, imparts or gives us what makes us productive. He can give us what makes us produce fruit, strength, life. Anything that we need, we can get it from the source. But in order to get it from the source, we have to stay connected. We have to abide. He says... If we do not produce fruit, it's because we're trying to do it without him. And we are good for nothing. Sometimes his words were so strong. (laughs) I believe what this scripture is talking about. Now you could take this literal where he means you're just good for nothing. You're not worth anything to me. Now we know that's not true. We know he loves us. That. We are very important to him, but I believe what this is saying is what you are producing is worth nothing for the kingdom of God. You're not helping the kingdom of God in any way when you try to do everything of your own accord, when you try to find the answers on your own, when you try to figure everything out on your own and you never come to me as the source. It's. Worth nothing. Your decisions are worth nothing. You're producing no fruit. He said, abide in me. You absolutely cannot bear fruit except you stay in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that stays continually in me and I in him will bear, he said, much fruit. Much fruit. What fruit is he talking about? The fruit of the Spirit? That's probably the first thing we think of, and yes. Love and joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-discipline. Yes, the fruit of the Spirit. We cannot do it. I don't know about you. I've tried to do it without him. It doesn't work. I'm, I'm not a very loving person. Without staying connected to the vine, the source. If things don't go my way, I'm not very happy. But when I'm staying connected to the source and things don't go my way, I can still show love. Because I'm in him and he is in me. What about the fruit of repentance? Yes, the fruit of repentance shows up when we are connected to the vine. The fruit of righteousness When we're doing things that are right, it shows. We're producing things that are right in our life. The fruit of our lips, the praises of God. The fruit of our labor, yes. A harvest, yes. It will be produced in our lives when we abide. Stay connected to the vine. Basically, anything nutritional that gives strength and life to the soul that's what we will produce when we abide in him and his words abide in us. It's a simple math equation. God plus you equals much fruit. You minus God equals Nothing that matters in the kingdom. We glorify God when we bear much fruit. Let's look again at verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should bring, that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. It is pleasing to the Lord when we abide in him. So basically he's saying, abide in me and the fruit that I produce through you will also abide. It will remain. Yes, he called us. Yes, he ordained us, which means he set us apart for his kingdom. You have been chosen. And when he chooses us, he wants us to produce good things out of our life. But we can't do it on our own. We can't do it without staying connected, abiding in the vine. He chose us simply because he loves us. We do not have all the answers. But for every situation we find ourselves in, for every answer that we are seeking, for every phone call that we get of someone that is in need, we can find the answer. Just connect to the source. Connect to the vine. Because without him, we can do a lot of things. We can give a lot of answers. Somebody can call us and I'm having marriage trouble and I don't know what to do. And, and we can grab our phone or something else and Google. What do I tell somebody that's having marriage problems? And we can give them a quick answer. Or we can say, I just read this book. And we may give some good advice. But there is nothing like connecting to the source to get an answer. Because when we do that, God will put an answer in our mind. Sometimes it only takes a quick minute to say, God, I I need an answer. I don't know what to say. Can you give me some words to say? And I promise you he will. Sometimes we just forget to ask but we have this beautiful connection to the very source of all things if we just will learn to abide, stay, remain connected to him. He will lead us. He'll lead us to do the right things. He'll lead us to say the right things, and we will help people. Good fruit will be produced out of our lives when we abide. Listen to this prophecy from Isaiah about Jesus Christ. Isaiah 11, 1 through 3. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Sounds like the vine to me. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Yes, this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ. But can I tell you that when we abide in him and he abides in us, when we stay, when we remain in him, all of these same attributes can be ours. Do we know that the spirit of the Lord rests upon us? Yes, he is in us. We know that. But how many want the spirit of wisdom and understanding? I do. I need it. I need it all the time. How many want the spirit of counsel and strength? How many long to have the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord? And wouldn't we love to have a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord? And wouldn't it be beautiful to not judge by what we see or what we hear? We can have it when we abide in the vine. I don't know about you, but I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough knowledge or understanding or even experience of my own to just. Give advice all the time to people. But I do have a source. I do have a source, and I have His very word, which is a great source for us. I can mess up a lot of things by coming up with my own answers and my own counsel. And I can produce no good fruit with that. But when I stay connected and abide in the vine, I can help. I can help someone else, not just myself, but I can help others. This is about doing what is best for our own souls, for our families, for our churches, for the kingdom of God. When we abide in him and his words abide in us. It's very pleasing to the Lord. And he said, there's benefits. You can ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Wow. (laughs) That's quite a benefit. The more I abide in him, the better person I am. Not just for myself, but for those around me. It's abiding in him, being in his presence where I find answers. Why is my marriage struggling? Why am I struggling as a parent? Why are my relationships with others struggling? Why do these old sins just keep coming up? It's I go to the source and I ask the Lord, why? I need some answers. You're the source. You know my heart and I don't know it. Your word tells me it's the most deceitful thing that there is. It's deceiving me right now. I'm thinking there's no problem, but I'm seeing there's a problem. So I'm coming to you, God, as my source. I need an answer, and he will give it. He will give it. When I abide in him, remain in him, Stay in his word. Keep it in front of me. My thoughts become holy. Do you know what produces, what comes out of holy thoughts? Holy ways. Holy choices. Holy conversations. Holy thoughts produce holiness. When we abide in him who is holy. When we remain and stay in his word that is holy. It's going to make our thoughts more holy. How many will admit to me today that you struggle with your thoughts? Every single one of us. And our thoughts are different. Every single one of us, our thoughts are different. Some struggle with thoughts of self-hatred and all of that. And some struggle with keeping bad thoughts out of their mind, and some struggle with thoughts of the past and regret. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we struggle with in our mind. But when we remain, stay close to the source, it changes. I am telling you, it changes your thoughts. It does. It changes our thoughts. Whatever we put in front of us, that's what we're thinking about. That's what stays in our mind. If we continuously are looking at other people's lives and what they're doing and interested in this and that, but we don't have time to get the word of God in us, then our thoughts are not going to be his thoughts or his ways. How do I have holy thoughts? By keeping holy things in front of me. By keeping them in my ears instead of worldly or carnal things. All of the time. I know the society that we're in. I see it all of the time. We're there. I think it was probably, I don't know, maybe five years ago. When I first noticed, sitting in the airport, that absolutely, and I watched it gradually. So maybe seven years ago, there was two or three people in a group of people that were on their phones. Two years later, every single person sitting in the waiting area to board the plane, every single person was on their phones, looking at their phones, or iPad or computer. Now, I don't know what they were doing. I'm not judging that, what they were doing. There was no, zero, no communication. None. We had to take the shuttle to get our rental car last week on the shuttle. Zero communication. It's a 15-minute ride to get your rental car back to the airport, whatever. I have to have my phone. I have to be looking at my phone. There's no looking around, seeing what's going on, looking at the scenery. There's no- That's where we're at, and we all know it. That's where we are at. So something is constantly being put into our minds being put into our spirits. So we have to ask ourselves, what is it? Because whatever comes in, comes out. Whatever we take in, it comes out. Whatever we think about, it comes out in our conversations. Whatever it is. So if we are not taking in anything from the Spirit of the Lord, the source, if we don't have time, have time, so to speak, to stay in the word or to put on somebody that's preaching instead of watching a movie, something, putting the word in us, bringing it into our home, bringing it into our lives, our thoughts. That's where people are messed up. It's our thoughts, but it's because we're not staying connected. We're not remaining. We're not abiding to the source we're remaining, we're abiding, we are connecting to everything else. And it might not be anything sinful. It might just be a whole bunch of information. Is that information producing fruit in our life? Is it making me more loving? Is it helping me to show more kindness? Maybe some of it does. You see somebody else showing kindness, you're like, man, I should do that. And you go do it. That's awesome. But I'm talking about a constant abiding. This is what he was saying. You have to remain, stay connected to the source. Abide. And that's how we keep our thoughts holy. There's a whole lot of comparison with one another. And that's not holy according to the word of God. On social media, whether we realize it or not, it's putting us against one another. Through comparison, it's not holy. We're talking about a holy God who wants us to be holy as well. My time is up and I want to read these last scriptures. David knew how to abide. Now, he was an open book pretty much for us to read. He shared his struggles with us, and we're thankful for that because it lets us know, hey, God's chosen king of Israel, if he messes up, it's okay if I mess up too. God still used him. And thankfully, we have a God full of grace and mercy. But in Psalm 91... Beautiful, beautiful words that lets us know what we actually have. A beautiful thing that we have when we abide. We remain connected to the Lord. He that dwelleth, that E-T-H on the end of that means it's just going to continue. He that dwelleth continually In the secret place. That's a place of covering and shelter. It's the place of the Lord. Of the Most High. He that stays continually in that secret place of the Most High. Shall abide. Shall stay under the shadow or the protection of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. He is All of this fear that everyone is feeling, there is an answer to it. It's abiding. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. In other words, your dwelling place, where you retreat, where you abide, he's your refuge. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt you trample under feet. Abide. Remain. Stay. Stay there as much as possible. It's where all of our answers are. It's where our hope is found. It's where we receive peace of mind in the midst of turmoil. I think what has been missing is the fruit. Whatever fruit it is, it's been missing because we're not staying connected to the source enough. Sundays for a couple of hours and Wednesdays for a couple of hours is not enough time with the source. He said, remain, abide, stay there, stay connected to me. Does it mean you can't ever just sit on the couch, kick off your shoes and watch something? No, it doesn't mean that. But our thoughts, our minds, he wants them to continually be on him to where at any moment he can speak to us And we hear his voice. We're connected. We're abiding to the source. I'm thankful. Oh my goodness. I'm thankful for the source today. Because I don't have all the answers that I'm looking for. But I know where to find them. I know where to find them. And I want to stay connected more connected than ever before to the vine. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you.